This episode of the Disc Golf Podcast is brought to you by otbdiscs.com. Only the best discs has a huge selection with high quality pictures of each disc, actual disc weights, flatness, and stiffness listed. Did I mention fast shipping? Get it free on your next order at otbdiscs.com using promo code DGPODCAST. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 259 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Like, speaking of disc golf, oh, hey, Joe. do you think baseball's going to happen this year? Um, it's not looking great. <laughs> not. That's not great, not. Bob. Maybe they can bring football back early. <laughs> Just add like a 26 game. For the season, uh, yeah, we already just, went to seventeen games. We could go to yeah, just like this. Is, this would now be the third week in a row that we've started the podcast. Well, by third week in a row, third episode in a row yeah, that we've so started heavy six, sixth on, week in a row on other sport podcasts. Well, yeah, I mean, but maybe maybe we're gonna have a flood of pro what, baseball players. Like Dylan Cease might just be like, I'm just going pro. I'm just playing. Wouldn't that be golf. amazing? Yeah, yeah. Just be like, I'm done. Uh, I just saw that that Ricky Wysocki got all this money, and uh, I'm also a professional baseball player and sitting on twenty five million dollars. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go here for five hundred thousand, but you know it's fine. It's for funsies, like it doesn't yeah. even matter. Well, I mean, literally the the minor league players that have yet to even realize their potential in the major leagues if it even happens totally they should absolutely be looking over at disc golf and being like you know what but if you're already like an established pro and you've made millions just step away and be like hey uh disc mania what can i just have some free discs i was just about to say i was about to say like just pay for my uh benefits i'm like oh no pro players have life long like health benefits I mean, if Burt Kreischer can negotiate himself a disc golf deal, did he get one? He is. He's working on it. He will. He's yeah. Of course he like, will. I'd give Burt money. Of course he will. Should he's, we call him up? Should he be the first sponsored disc golf podcast player? Innova Innova uh, added him, and he didn't even respond on Instagram. But uh, but he uh, he's friends with Ben Askren, and mm. uh, so is going to be something happening through Discraft, if anything else. Yeah, yeah. So unless someone's smart, maybe UC's working on something. Maybe someone's trying to just get in on that. He w- he does not fit the the mold for Didi. They'll never go after no. him. And well, and he's you know he's learning. Innova might be the best place for him. <laughs> actually, just thinking about <laughs> some of the things I've heard him say. <laughs> Granted, it's all jokes usually, but um, good friends with Joe Rogan that probably fits decently with Innova. Uh huh. Like, yeah, yeah, of uh, course. All right. Well, no. uh, speaking of Burt Kreischer, uh, hole seventeen, okay. Las Vegas Challenge. Which one? Uh, the the in the final round. Yeah, whichever one. I don't know which. They're, I, they're pretty much the same. Full honesty, I cannot tell the courses apart. There's not I, very I much know difference. The, I know the holes. I get it. Seventeen I know. is the is the tight right uh, OB left. Like four thirty seven. Sure, pretty positive. I'm gonna go with yes. Yeah, uh, I I got it. Uh, I did a screenshot today because 
I was watching it, uh, and suddenly I'm like, is that a dude in a hammock? That's a dude in a hammock. So I pause it. Oh, yeah, I saw you and in the background, I notice it. In the background of the basket, there's a dude looking like the Hamburglar in a hammock in the background of the shot with Corey Merle, Johnny Disc Golf, like with his camera right below him, like taking a shot. And I'm just like, you know what? If there's anyone that knows where to find the best tacos in Las Vegas, it's that motherfucker. I mean, do do you know for sure? Do you know for a fact it wasn't Luke Humphreys? <laughs> I don't. It very well could be. Like, like who else are going to let set up a hammock and do that shit? He had a great round, by like, the way. I honestly, a great tournament. After our last episode, I felt a little bad going in the paint on, on disc golfers and like talking about mandos being made out of slack lines that are inevitably in the vans of the professional disc oh, yeah. golfers. Because... Let's face it. There's a slack case line. It is. You know. Yeah. You know there's yeah. a slack line in there. Yeah. And how did I overlook hammocks? I mean, yeah, the hammock very, to pro disc true. golfer ratio has got to be one to one. Every single mm, I, I, I don't think that I mean Drew as, Gibson surely doesn't own a hammock. But you know what he probably does own though? But Would you know what? You James away? Conrad owns three. So Right. Well so then I would probably say two to one. Uh, is hacky sack to disc golf? Oh, of course, at least two to one. Yeah, no, of course. Like I feel like there are most likely some some disc golfers on tour that have like a collection of hacky sacks. Like, ooh, which one are we gonna take out? Today? Well, and the slack line doubles as a clothesline, so of course everyone has to have a slack line. They don't do laundry, Robin. <laughs> That's just a joke, y'all. <laughs> I mean, like, all all the- I am actually like ninety. 90- Five percent sure that I do remember seeing um, clothing hanging from something like that outside of Luke Humphreys <laughs> and yeah. Kevin Jones's vans at OTB. Um, although there's a very good chance that they just did that thing where you like just roll your window down and put like the shirt over and just roll it up. Yeah, that may have just been That's what it was. Totally, but there, totally. there for sure was clothes like drying outside yeah. of their vehicles like, during that eh, time. You left your clothes outside, dude. Eh. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, both those guys actually had a, had, had a great tournament though. Uh, Luke and Kevin. Yeah, Luke, Luke had Luke. Had, yeah, had one of the best rounds of his life, probably. I mean, tournament that was, even like he had a great turn, but yeah, that round was fire. Yeah, he matched the hot round. Yeah, but it's just you know, occasionally, not occasionally, it happens probably like four times a year where the is the the uh, stoner culture of disc golf hurting the sport, you know, or is the beer thing hurting the sport? Like that nope, comes that comes up occasionally. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and there's plenty of examples as to why that's nonsense. Uh, like most in every major sport, having beer sponsors up the wazoo, bringing tons of money into their sport. But it's also like, why can't you just be cool with the dude in the hammock in the background? Like, like. Dude set himself up on hole 17, got a great view. He's hanging out in his hammock. Yeah, yeah jealousy is not a reason to yeah. hate on someone. Like, come on, man. Like, man, I wish I had that idea. <laughs> like, that sounds great. <laughs> Let's just chill out in the hammock. <laughs> it was gold. I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> but but it's not. But it's not. Like, you're like, oh, my God. But you're like, but yeah. But, but like, yeah. You remember those, like, juggling sticks? Where you had like the two sticks and oh, then the, um, and, um, and then the 
Oh gosh, yeah, it's like no, by Whammo. I think it was by Whammo. It might have been, uh, mm. but like it was like two sticks and then another stick, a third stick that you like juggled between them with like tassels on the. But like, stuff. Yeah, had yeah, yeah. I seen a person in the background bouncing on a slack line, juggling and doing the Whammo sticks or whatever they are? I, they're not Whammo sticks. I'm sorry. Someone is screaming at me right now. I apologize to you. There and- is someone super into it listening right now. <laughs> yeah. Let us know what it's called. <laughs> Give us a give us a, a rundown of what we're missing out. <laughs> but I would not be surprised in the least. I just oh man, I just I just gotta love. So if you're looking for this, go to the DGN coverage. Or actually, it was on it was free on YouTube because it's final day. So go to the YouTube. It was uh, hole 17 on the lead card uh, when they were putting out. So right in the background, dude just hanging out in a hammock, looking looking like he's having the time of his life. I totally. Just, Hammock guy, reach out to us. Um, you know, you're so we'll say your name or something. You're awesome. And also, next time I go to Vegas, I'd love to know where you get Mexican food because I know you know the best spot. Oh yeah, yeah, and all the accoutrements that go along with yeah. it. I mean that the quesadilla knowledge has got to be yeah sky high through the roof, sky <laughs> high through the roof. <laughs> all right, despite despite that uh, long and wandering intro we've got a great show for you guys tonight we're gonna talk about jomez signing on the on with the disc golf pro tour to do their lead card coverage not news but i think the number that they paid for it is news and uh, we'll talk about uh, brian Earhart again because I, I didn't see him and I, I wanted to see him and I, I was a little sad that i didn't get to after talking about yeah know, him being on cover, him yeah. being on coverage and then we'll recap the las vegas challenge and then we'll do our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring on the course. Tonight, we have Lone Star Disc Mad Cat, which is a nine-speed, five-glide, zero-turn, two-fade distance driver? Uh, it's a control driver. Control-ish driver? It's a control driver. Yeah. And we're going to pair that with Western Mutant IPA by Oscar Blues, which is a 7% alcohol IPA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to start with, and I'll do the same thing when we go to FPO. Um, going through some names that I was very surprised to see missed the cut. Can we can we hit uh, our first two bullet points before we get to Las Vegas? Challenge? Oh, yeah, I don't have it up, so tell me what those okay. are. Okay. So I, I just quickly want to say uh, about Jomez signing $500,000. Oh, yeah, and, and at first, the news people, I, I saw multiple people be like, wow, Disc Golf Pro Tour paying Jomez $500,000. No. Nope. Nope. He was paying nope. the opposite. Yep. So, uh, I mean, that goes to show you how much money is uh, is involved here on these media coverage units. And the fact that Jomez, which really doesn't honestly have a ton of competition at the top end, is willing to pay for the right. Because... And we'll, I'm going to ask Ian this when we get Ian on. We'll have Ian on soon. But if Jomez says, oh, how about we only give you 250 k what does the Disc Golf Pro Tour say? Hey, we'll have GK Productions do it? I think they already got it up front. Oh, so, are you saying if they just offered? So, like, just like what, what motivates them to pay that amount of money when they are the clear front runner for coverage and a staple of... You know, we've already seen disc golf uh, 
disc golf media consumers revolt a little bit in the past against the disc golf pro tour when they didn't they get tried the, to give their cookie away when they tried to give their cookie away exactly yeah. so like what is the so i'm like i you know I, well, I i'd think, be interested to hear the back end because so i will say you're probably right like, i think what is the other offer that comes in like was gk productions or central coast disc golf gonna bid 510 or, or, or gatekeeper or, so there's so there's there is, there's yeah, not... Yeah, Gatekeeper, sorry. Yeah. I always... Why... First of all, Gatekeeper and GK Productions, please. Yeah. Come, why do you the, come with a different name? Merge or one of you... Right. Just pick pick something new, please. Regardless, I think it just really is... Um, I think it's the understanding of how much revenue there really is to be made by controlling that yeah and and oh yeah no sure to where um it it could be that they're literally just competing against the pro tour itself totally hey we will try this in-house and we will do our post-produce as well and they have great cameramen and they've got it able to do it that's probably the answer um yeah and i think it's just like it's much easier to to say we do all of the pro tour not hey check out our schedule to see the you know mm-hmm. the random A tier over and wherever the fuck because GK got this one from us or whatever yeah like just clean and easy like if there is and how many times over the last few years have I been like all right so lead cards on oh it's on gig it's not yeah. Jomez thank thanks uh, a huge thanks to Udisc Live for helping us with that also. yeah totally <laughs> but if, the, like, if you just that... live didn't exist i don't even know what we would do honestly no. like trying to figure out what's going on from the disc golf pro tour website is a nightmare in and of itself and then trying to piece that together with what little information you can get from the pdga website it's like oh man and yeah. then go to disc disc golf live and you're like oh okay there it is well, or like, you just live, sorry. I think the other piece, too, is Jomez, probably more than any of the others, I know for sure CCDG, more than any of the others have just made that commitment that this is their profession, that's their livelihood, that's a livelihood for that team. Like, yeah. they got to just secure it and make sure it's good so they can keep paying this this giant team and keep that machine going. Yeah. Whereas, like, Ian is, and he might tell me otherwise, is like, I, I got a day job, like... I love doing this, but at the same time, if I can just go talk on a microphone a whole bunch and do some pickup stuff here and there, do yeah. some FPO. And Ian's whatnot. working hard, man. Oh, he's, yeah, he is. He's doing it. Because he's still got his day job as far as I know. Yeah, and he's making the most of, of, of all of his resources in terms of filming and And his skill set, sure. too. Like yeah. his talk, Him on microphone is his number one skill. Yeah. You could go get hammock guy. And pair him with Ian, and we oh, would have we would have a good, good coverage. Like it, it would be serviceable commentary. I really because hope he would Ian would just guy, just make it work with Hammock guy. Hammock guy, what do you think? <laughs> I'm really excited for it to come out to be Luke Humphreys. <laughs> have you ever made crepes in a hammock? <laughs> this guy has. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of cheese for your quesadilla? But no, he he would make it work, and we'd be like, you know what, Hammock guy's kind of up and coming. He's got some real skills in the commentary department. We should probably get him on for the next tournament. Yeah, and then you put. And him- it's all because Ian just managed to just line him up, tee up the ball every single time, and let Hammock guy hit it out of the park. 
Yeah, I was just to say I was gonna say something mean, but I'll refrain. I was like, you put him with, and I had someone in my mind, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's such a low blow to like just put that dude there. Um, but I totally have one in in very good mind that just needs a partner. To get. No, you know what? Not even to talk trash, but I have heard Philo with many other people, and he's all right, but with Ian, super elevated. Yeah. Like Agreed. my ability to listen to Philo talk disc golf. I have zero interest in in hearing Philo do commentary without Ian. Same. Same. And I, and he has he's done it. And I've had I've had the same thought of like uh, He just does such a great job of of setting the scene and teeing up the comments. Yep. And yep. and then like, you know, you can Sometimes I, you just I've gotta, listened to Ian for a long time. You gotta li- read between the lines sometimes. Totally, you and can, he's and he's got little new Ianisms too. Like yeah. there are some, some new ones coming out of yeah. the the woodworks, and like Philo finds his one or two and just says them five thousand times. <laughs> yeah. that's my own thing. Everybody loves it except for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Philo was calling calling the round for for Gannon Burr like hole fourteen. Yeah. So, and you could hear it. Ian's like, well, really? even in post-produced, yeah. The 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 three gentlemen Jomez were like, he just needs this. Like, it's pretty much rap. Like, he just needs a birdie, and then, yeah. Well, we'll get into that. So, uh, is there another bullet point? I just wanted to say, like, I after the the announcement that Brian Earhart would be joining the oh, disc yeah. golf pro tour, I was hoping that I would hear or see of him. In some place, I love Terry on the sideline. He does a great job, totally, and he's all over the place, and he's great boots on the ground. But I was just kind of hoping to to see some involvement from Earhart. Uh, also, so I don't know if you had any. any well, I mean, Earhart from. definitely put in his contract. If Paul's not playing. There's no point in me being there. Yeah, true, true, very true. Yeah, they're they're a family. That Discraft group. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then I thought Elaine King did a nice job. I, I, there were times where I was, it was, a like, I don't think she quite got some of the jokes that Ian was, was laying, but that's okay. That was fine. She, she overall was enthusiastic and, and gave great insight into the game. And I thought it was fantastic. So uh, it was I, good. It was good. You could definitely tell though. I like, still, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just older school player. Like, yeah. Her totally. amazement and some of the throws, I was like, "Well, yeah, but we've been seeing that for yeah for years." Like, yeah, we, oh, look how far Paige just threw it. I was like, well, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, we that's what, we know Haley King can ball. That's what that's like, what Paige, Paige does. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I I still very much prefer um, Val. Val, yeah, she's still my favorite um, FPO commentator, and I don't that didn't change. Who's your, who's your second favorite? Just in general, I know mine. Um, if you don't say it, I'm going to say it and you're like, oh yeah, totally. Okay, then you go. Cause I, H- Hannah Macbeth, you know, Hannah's, Hannah's pretty she's good. Good. Yeah. She's been, a, it's been a while though. It has, but I, every single time she jumps on, I, I, I am impressed every single time. Yeah. And, and she does have the benefit of being really in tune with all of the FPO players too. So it, it you know, in terms of her insider knowledge of what's going on and what they're doing, like she really is friends with virtually everyone. Yeah. So, well, and she's unsponsored this year. <laughs> yes, surprising, right? Yeah, I mean, I uh, yeah, I mean, it it is. Surprising. Do you know how I knew that? Yes, which like, and I don't really know, but it it makes sense. 
randomly, I think on Paul's channel, she reviewed the um, the Vortex okay. cat's disc and was like, this is going in the bag. And I'm like, well, then you don't have a sponsor because <laughs> you're putting a DGA disc in your bag. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, she didn't really play last year. Yeah. And she, if she's not competing, then totally. you know, why would they have this sponsor? So, I mean, it could be the same for, I mean, Kona had a terrible... Terrible. Well, tournament. that's what I was. So that's where I was going to go. I was going to start talking about like players that very surprising to me did not make the cut. Yeah, like yeah. there were. There well, let's were, start there. Yeah, let's go there. We'll 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 head on to Las Vegas Challenge, and Joe can start off with his. I I know one of them uh, because I saw it on on right on Miss Cashline for the first time. Yeah, in Kale Lavisca, handsome handsome Kale Lavisca, and same with Alden Harris, which is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin Keegan. Matt Bell now uh, DGA no longer DGA oh that's right yeah he yeah left. no he's infinite or he just open bag or whatever yeah. um, Silver Lat which is kind of crazy because he actually had a really good first few rounds and then he just did. had a really bad third round well he just wanted to to support Kristen instead good Chris Clemens Ozentanum Greg Barsby dang. Um, Barsby. Here's the one that like, I didn't even. I, I honestly didn't even know he was playing until like I saw him here, and I and I don't. Emerson Keith threw a minus three for the entire three rounds. Wow. Um, Dang, that is surprising. And in round three, such so as he totally has a game that fits well. For- totally. In round three, Nate Perkins threw a minus six. He finished the first three rounds minus one. Wow. So he had two over par rounds, or one just really. I mean, that's not this. These but courses regardless, don't Perkin, suit. But like Perkins, Emerson's game is way more suited for for this than Perkins, in my opinion. Yeah, but, but you just go through some of these names, and you just expect them to, yeah, to make the cut. But I think that's just like, um, and then I don't know what happened. I didn't look into it. I wish I did. Um, what happened with Nathan Queen? He DNF'd. He had first two rounds. He was killing it. I did not see. I have no idea. He was minus 14 through uh, a couple rounds and then must have gotten hurt and got yeah. out. Um, let's see if there's names. But I think that's just like the the amount of players that are quality too. Like there's only a handful of names that made the cut that I'm like, I don't really know this person. Like I, I'm going to say like there's less than four people in that list that um, – I, I hadn't heard of, if that even. I think there's a lot of names that I'm like, oh, I've heard that name, but I don't like know that player well. So I'm looking at a Nathan Queen Instagram thing, and I don't want to turn the sound on, but he had some sort of injury. Okay, that's um, a bummer. So, um, and yeah, so I don't know the severity of it, but yeah, he definitely left with an injury, and I'll look for well, yeah, better clarification, but yeah. But you know who did make the cut? Um, I mean, still thirty seventh, but had a couple good rounds, and I kind like I almost don't even want to like give him lip service, but Brody kept up with the bunch. He did. He had a great first round. He did. He yeah, really I did. mean, he was he was up at the very top of the leaderboard and very close. I think he was nine down, and there was like fifteen people that were nine down. Yeah, and so he just by virtue of PDGA number got pushed to like the third card because his number is so much higher than everyone else he was around. Um, 
but yeah, no, he had he shot like nine down and was was looking good and and then you know it's just tough when you got to shoot double digits under par, you know three four days in a row that's that's rough. There was a know. big clean group tied in twenty sixth, like a lot of good names. Yeah, one really good one to see out there and also <laughs> see uh, that he lost at Morley to Ian, which I'm not surprised. It's Seppo. Yeah, more putting troubles for Seppo. Yeah. Very I I don't know if it continued for the whole round, but in round one he definitely had one of those just like fifteen foot air balls and that just haunt your dreams. Like I've been there, Seppo. I feel you, brother. Like, yeah. I know I know how that I know that hurt. And and I hope you I hope I hope you are on the mend. But right, I'm gonna I'm man. gonna stay in this category and just go to FPO two. And then we can wrap up to more just talking about the the top ones. But there were some some big ones uh, in the FPO that didn't – Hannah Blumroos didn't make the cut. Yeah, that is surprising. Deanne Carey, Ellen Widboom didn't make the cut. Erica Stinchcomb, Kona didn't make the cut. Yeah. Um, Zoe Andyke, Holly Finley. Vanessa Van Dyken actually is more surprising than those two that I just said. Um, and then – Who's there? Well, there's uh, yeah. It's it's brutal. I mean, that's not a lot of names. But at first term of the season, you would expect to have some people be a little bit rusty. So I'm totally not, not super surprised. Got a lot of people changing teams. So new discs, new bags, things like that. Um, so not super surprised. Not that's not the case for everyone we were talking about. Um, I, I think Nate Sexton barely made the cut. Barely. He just had a few good holes to wrap up. You know, to, and obviously Kale LaVisca didn't change anything about his game. Nope. But still, first first tournament of the season, I that's not that's not unreasonable to expect uh, some weirdness. And overall, the people that we expect to play well at this tournament, the big bombers did. And yep. it's it it the top doesn't surprise me. The bottom, you know, I get it. You know, you you start to start to try to to play out of your game when you can't hit those big shots, and suddenly you're trying to throw too far, and you end up in those hazards, and you're putting from sand and ob here and there. It just starts to to kind of stack up on you, and that's the end. You know, I Kona, I would have expected her to to feast a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Because I think this suits her game. Well, and uh, the I did spin see, putt. <laughs> and the spin putt was yeah. looking good for a minute. And she, yeah, she did change her putting style again, uh, which in the first round looked okay. It was just round two; mm. it started to really snowball for her, and uh, you know, after that, it was it was not great. So, um, I would expect her to get better. I like that she's moved back to a more traditional putting form rather than the kind of. Like remember, she was standing like sideways, yep. like almost like, dri- like an Anheuser, like driving form, yep. throwing like an Anheuser, and it was working for her when she won um, Texas State, right? Or was that Waco? I can't remember. What? What Waco? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Waco, but yeah. So uh, anyway, let's let's move on to the to the um, the actual main event. So before we go results. into like the big big end, which I think is the the biggest piece. Um, there were two players that started out really, really well. And I was very surprised to see where they ended. Um, Dickerson was lights out for the first few days and just like 
really the first day and then kind of petered off, mm-hmm. you know, still finished uh, top 12. And then the other one, like just the most brutal, toughest thing to watch um, was Eagles final round. Yeah. Eagle Eagle looked kind of disconnected. He by... he looked he and I know he already said like maybe I should say dejected, not dejected and like he's like I don't I know he's already said that he's not 100% that his forehands aren't there yet, like he's still recovering from the injury they had. Um but I think his injury is worse than he's letting on. Like I think he should have taken a couple more tournaments off. You could be right. I mean, he he had some great shots, but I think one of the biggest ones that I want to say it was hole 15 on the final day where he threw um, a 400 foot left hand, a 400 foot left hand instead of a forehand. Yep. And traditionally he would just bomb his perfect laser beam forehand. So mm-hmm. you might be right. That's the biggest tell he threw it. And granted he was out of he it. He was out of it. Yeah. It could have just been like a look what I can do shot. And we may be reading too much into it, but I think the competitor that Eagle is, I think he still would rather try to ace that with a forehand because mm-hmm. he can do that over throwing a left-handed shot that put him. I mean, I'm not still pissed there. that he throws lefty further than I throw <laughs> right-handed. Yeah, any disc um, ever. But uh, yeah, and I just he almost seemed to wince here and there. You know, he also made a big, and they made them for him, but he made a big putter change, and he's been a P2 guy the -hmm. entire time I've followed him. So even though it was made to his specifications, that's still something big Mm -hmm. to deal with. Um, And beyond beyond that, he uh, he just got like when you when you talk about like the the champ bounce or the champ skip. Or champ luck. He had the opposite. He had the opposite. Every bad yep. thing that could happen, like ha- he had like Murphy's Law disc golf. Yep. Totally. Like, did. Everything that could roll out of bounds went out of bounds. Thousand percent. He got brutalized. So did Tristan Tanner. Yeah. He got. It was nice seeing Tristan Tanner up there. Totally. Because he's so he's like Eagle in the sense of maybe not elite, but close to elite distance, both backhand and forehand. And forehand, yeah. Like he has smooth easy distance both ways um heinberg had a had a jekyll and hyde uh yep. tournament as well i mean his his third round was just abysmal and he came back and and had a you know decent showing in the final round to put himself in third place um you know finally off the chase card off the off the chase card throwing 13 down uh you know just that was quite the card <laughs> yeah him, Humphreys, yeah. uh, Kevin. There's a lot of blue in those cards. Another, there's another 13 down. Who was it? Uh, Kevin Jones. No, there's another one beyond that. Uh, oh, Thomas Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was that was quite the card. That was a lot of fun. This And that is one of the things I love about watching the live footage is that you're getting that. You're getting when you watch Jomez and you're watching that lead card coverage. Yeah, they come in and they tell you what's going on, but you're not seeing it in the moment how these things are actually happening and how these different cards are interacting and how the scores are coming to be. You know, when someone's. How many cameras do they have out right now? I, it's got to be 15 or 16. Dude, it's so clean. And the live drone shit on top. The drone coverage was great. Dude, it's rad. I really like, like that. DGN is. is super great 
Yeah. Um, and on, on day one, they had connection issues. They switched over to YouTube immediately and just put it on YouTube. They're like, fuck it. Let's just yeah, get it on YouTube. Until we get it figured out. And it worked out fine. Yep. They got it figured out. It got back on. Uh, speaking of which, all you a-holes on YouTube, fuck you. God. Oh, yeah. Comments are the, the worst. The comments were just the absolute dumpster they fire. They always are. They always are. Absolute dumpster fire. I just, I, I don't even know what to say to Oh yeah, no. This has been for a while. You've always stayed away from them. I've, always, I've always jumped yeah. right in and been like, "No." Somebody suck. mentioned it. Normally, I don't look. Somebody mentioned it, oh, and yeah, I was see. like, "I was like, oh, I don't want to look. I don't want to like." Okay, I look. Oh, of course, of course. Oh yeah, everything bad you can think of is gonna yeah. be there. Like God, get a <laughs> let get me a- see them titties. <laughs> uh, y'all are assholes. They're, my screen's slightly pixelated for the free yeah. shit you're giving me. Like you, you get all of it. Yeah, I don't. Um, but nonetheless, it was uh, the I really enjoyed those drone shots. That was great, and and, and they were like mixed in quite nicely. You know? And if someone was having a hot round, they made sure to get a camera over there to uh-huh. to watch and whatnot. Um, I forget her name. Uh, something Ryan, maybe the Natalie first Ryan. Round, yeah, the yeah. first round was yeah. doing well. And yeah, she made even made sure. comments like, "All of a sudden, cameras were on me, and I didn't know what to do." And you yeah, know, yeah. So. Uh, um. But no, they're they're very much on it with with that sort of coverage. So, so I, it's be, getting better and better. Yeah. So beyond that, um, final day got real close. Um, both MPO FPO. Um, yeah. FPO much closer. Well, shoot, both much closer than we thought at points. MPO was closer than FPO. In the end. In the end, but FPO, FPO seemed was, like it was gonna through halfway through day three. It was a wrap, I think, yeah. in our minds. Well, Paige and Cat were tied going into the final round, right? Right, but starting yeah. that round, Cat was up by like nine strokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, six, six. six. Oh, well, anyways, yeah. a big chunk. Cat but, was like nineteen down, be, and and Paige was, was like, twelve down. Yeah, or something like um, that. So seven, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, thirteen. Paige was thirteen down then. Fine. <laughs> well, I think you're right. Actually, I think it was twelve and nineteen. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, let's talk FPO first because I think we can we can build to the the dramatic yeah. finish. A um, couple of things. Uh, my takeaway was that uh, I don't think Cat has had any trouble adjusting to her DGA bag. Not at all. And not like really shaping all her lines, and um, the putting looked fine. It did. Like, and she not only did it look fine, but she was hitting from distance and not hemorrhaging strokes. On the short ones. Yeah. So she was still making those signature circle two cat putts, but she also wasn't missing the eight footer. And she did miss some putts. Now, Elaine but- King nailed it in comments like maybe one, day one or day two is like, cat is great from 22 to 32 mm-hmm. and great from... 15 in but there's this weird little world of like 15 to 22 that is usually like yeah the easy spot that, that i understand that has, though yeah. like i i feel that because you don't know how to treat it like you like when you're when you're out in at the edge of circle one you're kind of feeling like it's a bonus you yeah know? you're like okay, i'm just gonna run full i'm send. gonna run like, this i'm gonna make this yeah. and when you're when you're at 23 feet you're like i have to make this or i'm an idiot you yep. know, like, yep. so the mentality, I can totally get that, but obviously I'm not a professional athlete. So, um, surely the best putters in the game aren't thinking the way I just described, but I, I think that comes into play for a lot of them. 
and it's it, it she's I think a the my biggest takeaway from this tournament and more so for Drew Gibson than for Katrina but we saw two elite players that have historically struggled with putting yep putt really well yep and Drew Gibson doesn't even resemble the Not putter that I've seen in the past. And we'll get back to FPL. But I just wanted to say, like, like I think that's the biggest thing was that Cat looked pretty confident on, on the putting green. And Drew Gibson looked beyond confident. He looked like he does this in his sleep. By the way, nobody said Penrose EV7 for the listener bag. <laughs> and maybe they need to think about maybe that. They need maybe to think we about need to think about that. Because yeah. that's the biggest thing that's changed. I'm sure he's put lots of work. but I, I think he's been putting in tons of work. He has to have. I mean, it had it, to have. It shows. It's it's just insane. But, you know, uh, it, back to FPO, that final round, that was fairly back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, starting off tied. Uh, you know, Paige got out in front, then Cat got out in front, and then they were tied, and it just kind of kept going back and forth between the two of them. And uh, you know, Cat ends up getting the the upper hand at the very end. But I mean, Paige shot a minus eight, and Cat shot a minus nine in that final round, and that literally was the difference. Yep, coming down the stretch, Katrina Allen getting birdies on on all the final holes. Um, but she d- left the door open. You know, she had a late bogey. Paige got an eagle. You know, it was it was right there. But you know, Paige didn't make it easy on herself. In no, the, not in the early going. So. No, and that's and that's kind of the big thing. And same with Kristen. Kristen started out pretty rough. Yep. And uh, Evelina started out rough. Day one yep. putting, Evelina j- had no clue what was ha- there. Was high, low blasted by whatever yep i mean the drive was always there but once she cleaned up putting um and i think just kristen in general just kind of like slowed down uh it became a race had a 200 foot throw in day three day two yeah uh to get yeah that was day two day two forehand yep um but it was i mean it was a great tournament great way to start the year and i think uh I feel like maybe there's a little less rust on the FPO than on the MPO. I agree. Ish. And really nice to see the Euros. Really, really nice. Oh, yeah. And we got a year of it, which I'm pumped for. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go. um, I'll go through 11 just because there was a a few tied. So first place, like we just said, Katrina Allen at minus 30. Paige Pearson second, minus 29. Kristen Tatar, minus 25 and third. Haley King, minus 22 and fourth. Evelina Solonen, minus 19 and fifth. Ella Hansen, which I'm sure we'll talk about more this year because this is like her second year as a pro in sixth at minus 18. Missy Gannis, Gannon, minus 16. Holland Hanley, she was the one who won an early tournament last year out of nowhere. Yeah, you're right. Uh, in eighth, so that'll be cool to see that. Another one that we've watched for years and kind of stepped away last year for other reason, who's going to tour a lot more, Jennifer Allen tied with Cat Merch. Cat Merch is another person I feel like who hasn't toured a, toured a ton but plays super well when she does. And then Rebecca Cox in 11th at minus 11. Yeah. All right. So on to MPO. Um, Where do we start? Which 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 of the top two do we start with? Because there's lots to say I, about each You have each to start with Gannon Burr because yep. for, for much of this tournament, Gannon Burr was the story. Controlled it. Um, controlled it. 
making putts in a totally different style, but Wysocki esque clutch putts. Like like when you're like, oh man, I don't think you can make the oh, he just made it. And in weird situations, just just making all those putts and then having an elite forehand. I mean, this is if that forehand is about as good as it gets in terms of uh, the the MPO division. I I don't think I think we immediately have to talk about Gannon Burr in that conversation, especially if Eagle doesn't have his forehand. Um, you know, Gannon Burr is is throwing them like nobody's business. Well, and I mean, just I know he 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 was on that lead card. Tristan Tanner's up there. Yeah. Oh, with those for sure. Big, absolutely. Big forehand. Absolutely. But then him having the the backhand touch as well. He's hitting putts from all over the place. Oh yeah, the all putting the was place. maybe the biggest story. I mean, he. Well, let's see. I'll pull the, it up right the now. The putting was incredible. Um, and it, it just seemed to be whenever he needed it, he was ninety percent C one X. Yep. For the tournament, so good, not great. Um. I mean, great for everyone that's not an MPO player. But nonetheless, he just seemed to make them. And then hitting 20% of his C2 putts, is that for tournament? Maybe. That's not for tournament. That's not for tournament. Okay, that was for that was round three. Okay. Uh, nonetheless, he was making... Yeah, because he was 50% day, day three. That's right, yeah. So, um, I'll get us to total. And then... 57 day two. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be dirty. Yeah. So it was it just seemed like whenever he needed to do something, he did it. Um and I even will carry this on to the end because Drew Gibson played methodical, perfect. He did. He really did. He was he just chipped away. He didn't make any mistakes. He missed a putt or two, but they were long putts and he made every putt that he had to make. Every single one. Yep. Every chance he had to put pressure on Gannon Burr, he did it. Even sometimes where he ended up circle two and didn't it park was, it. It was like honestly Ricky terrifying. Like, if Drew Gibson putts like this all season, he's our world champion. He is player of the year. He is, like, he, he will absolutely massacre the schedule. Does he not do distance competitions? Um, I feel like he must not. Well, he did at the at the the All Stars. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't. Wow, I'm surprised he didn't even get. No, but remember it was like a weird. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a fairway. But and he stuff just like that. he. Oh, okay, he mashed. Let, let me let me say this. Watching Garrett Gerthy, um, more so watching uh, Heimberg. When Heimberg throws an eagle super far or throws a destroyer super far. Um, it is there is a lot of load there. You see him, mm-hmm. you see him pushing it. You can tell he's putting two cheeks into it. Yeah, Drew looks so nonchalant, just clean, smooth. Yeah, like it, like almost like flick of the wrist. I mean, Drew's form is legendary. I mean, it's we've, we've known so it so ridiculous. It's the just difference- so ridiculous. Like a half walk up. Boom! Just that quick twitch speed is insane. The but like we know it. The difference this weekend was that traditionally Drew gets in the circle and we're like, I don't know. Oh yeah, this Remember one, for entire, a while when this he would, entire weekend 
It was Ugh, automatic. Yeah. Automatic. He made everything. Everything. Clean putts, too. Not sneak it in. Not just like... Do you remember oh, we had the moments where he would put two feet behind the disc and stand just uh-huh. straight and like just push it in the basket? Yeah. Like, Totally Instead, different. these were just like spinning it right at the basket. The confidence was there. It was, it was, you know. I mean, how many times did he have an upshot though that he put like at the base of the basket? That was the other thing. Super clean, so clean, and he and he used his power to his advantage. Yep. He would throw a big shot off the tee, enabling him to either, if he wanted to, take a shot at the eagle or play smart which was is what he did and lay up right under the basket take his birdie and move on and that's how he put pressure over and over again on Gannon Burke that's how he won and well but one last thing Gannon Burr lost because he went OB by like 18 inches well 18 that's inches. what that's what brought it to the playoff exactly yeah so like Gannon Burr maybe not if, even 18 if, inches maybe eight inches if that disc checks up Yep. By the tiniest amount, yep. Gannon Burr is your winner. Yep. And so, like, that's how well Gannon Burr played. Oh, yeah. That's how amazing this is. He 60- had a couple of hiccups this- on the way. Like, it yeah. probably didn't even need to get there. No, it didn't. But still, he's 16. He's 16. Did we say that? He's 16 years old. His mom is his caddy. Dude, rad and caddy. And he was literally some mulch chips away from just closing it out and winning outright. And he... He got got by a touring pro that has taken a leap forward, and the the playoffs were fun to watch. It was a birdie fest. It was don't blink. Yeah, and and Gannon Burr blinked. He had to. He got a he got a rough draw. He did. He had to throw first. So the way they did it in the playoff is they alternate yep. shots. Yep. So um, it's not. You know, you don't hold the tee pad if you had the better score. I really like that format, by the way. So it made all the sense. So, in the but world. Gannon Burr had to throw first on hole seven, which is the four hundred and something foot shot with the two hazard greens or hazard sand traps left and right, right and right. there's only like a twenty two foot or twenty five foot wide um, green in that space. So Gannon Burr throws uh, a big old hyzer shot, lands in the hazard. Drew Gibson subsequently decides to lay up his shot. With a putter, might I add, um, <clears throat> quite and still getting quite a lot of distance, putting oh, the God. the pressure on Gannon Burr, who barely misses the putt, barely misses. I mean, this thing dinked, yep, right off, yep, and, uh, and high, like just but high. Was... So he was he was gonna hit it, yep, and he hit every one of those shots, and he just finally ran out of magic, and it just he was <clears throat> gassed though. So that's the one was. thing I really noticed with. Gannon Burr was him and I know this world after a round Rob and I both know this really well of like you know pushing your fingers into your like upper peck and stuff and just trying to massage out some like either fatigue or soreness and I could see him twisting his arm and mm-hmm. really getting in there knowing like that he's he has overjuiced his yeah. arm he's 16 you don't got the juice to keep going with Drew Gibson. Yeah. Gibson could do three more rounds throwing it the way he does. One, yeah. I mean mainly because legendary form. Like you don't you don't yeah. rough your body up when your form's Gibson's that clean. put on some bulk too. He has. He's been, he has. He's been uh, you know becoming a mass monster, you know. He's just gonna yeah. get bigger and stronger. Yeah. Um 
But yeah. he just... I mean, I'm excited. I really... I just... You know what? And we... If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know we, we goof on him here and there. And I just have nothing bad to say about yeah. Drew no, Gibson. of course not. He played... He played what we've always knew he could play like. We've said it so many times on this podcast that, that he is... He is a circle one game away from being the best disc golfer in the game. Yep. And uh, he he showed what he can do now and and like for people that may be out there oh it's an open course and he's a bomber and stuff like that drew gibson has woods game too that that man can pure a buzz down any gap dude he threw so on the big forehand hole like 15 or what we we're talking about he threw the best drives the entire weekend throwing clean rollers yep his touch game is immaculate yeah like like i'll tell you right now um we don't have the power or touch to even pretend to throw that roller. Oh, of there's not. not very many no. players who do. Yeah, no. And he pured it easy there. Yeah. Um, no, if if he putts like this this entire season, look out. Yep. He's yep. he's gonna and, be. And beyond that, he got a mic in his face afterwards and said everything right. Yeah. No. Was it was super impressive to hear him talk and and not just like put his foot in his mouth. <laughs> No, it, it was which he's been known to do. He 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 went up and gave the kid a big hug, yep. and you know congratulated him, and then came and talked on the mic, and it was he was understanding what just transpired. Like he he said exactly what we all saw. Yep, which is that we saw greatness from this young kid, and that he was able to come out and win despite. The fantastic performance by Gannon Burr. So yep. it was it was incredible. I mean, that was that was a it, it, the Disc Golf Pro Tour knocked it out of the park on on opening weekend. Totally. As much and here's the the greatest part is aside from watching big boom and drives wherever, this is probably some of the most boring course you'll <laughs> <Yeah>. watch. <laughs> And I'm just saying course. And I'm like, yeah, I know there are two courses, but it's just a course. Three. There's three. There's three? There's three. Dude, they're all the same. <laughs> they are so, Oh, my gosh. There's three? Yes. Dude, I, I I mean, I had some beverages this weekend, but I like <laughs> didn't realize there were three. Okay. Well, the final the final day one is like the most they iconic. That twice, That's yeah. the OG one, like yeah. that where it started. Yeah. And the other With two the are. With the Paul Macbeth Ace. And, the you same. Know. They're all the same course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is just kind of, you know, meh. like cool to see, um, excited to see other courses. And, uh, and, and I will say, um, I have not watched every minute of this coverage. I've watched the majority. Um, this is the most pumped I've been watching disc golf. Probably in a, to be totally honest in a couple of years, I, it was really tough for me to get really into it the last couple of years. Um, and I really enjoyed this. I honestly had f- like family over at my house, watched like the last couple holes, and was like, "Oh, I think it's kind of a wrap too." The same way like Philo kind of called it. Yeah, went out and was like, "Oh, I need to go get another beer," and like stepped in right after eighteen, right when they were going to a playoff. Oh yeah, and was just like, "I'm standing here." Yeah, and like had that same. I had that same, not not to the extreme. But had that same like moment of like Conrad's throwing where I was like glued to my seat, like, ooh, what's gonna happen next? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we've had it multiple times now where it just shows you need to be watching live on 
on the final round. Like Oh, and also we didn't say spoiler alert before this, but we're way into this. If you don't know yeah. what happened, I really don't care. We've never done spoiler no, alerts. I, yeah, on, I really I, on this show. Uh, all right, I'm gonna run through uh top yeah, ten. Top ten, then we gotta hit a deer review yeah, so yeah. I can go to bed. So first like we said, Drew Gibson at minus thirty nine, also Gannon Burr. He just won the playoff after four holes. Uh Calvin Heimberg from Chase Card, Luke Humphreys from Chase Card, and Kevin actually no, Calvin Standalone third place at minus 36. Uh, Tyne Gibson's minus 13, as did Luke Humphreys and Kevin Jones, both to be at minus 35 in fourth place. I could get used to watching some Humphreys do work because yeah. he was more a tertiary he like, fun that, guy. Who he does, shaved that mustache. Suddenly, he's a factor. Oh, look at him. Uh, Tristan Tanner, we talked about. Awful luck. Like To be in sixth place at minus 34 is not... Uh, where it really, I mean, obviously is where it really is, but he played much higher level than that sixth place finish. Adam Hammes, Scott Withers, and and Rick, minus 32, tied for seventh. And then Thomas Gilbert and Luke Sampson at minus 31 and 10th. Uh, and Gilbert also shared that hot round of minus 13 to pull himself within the top 10. Yeah, very nice. All right, Joe, you ready to do a deer review? I am. All right, it's time for our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have a Lone Star Disc Mad Cat, 9-speed, 5-glide, 0-turn, 2-fade, and we're going to pair that with Western Mutant IPA by Oscar Blues, a 7% alcohol IPA. Uh, where do you want to start, Joe? I'm going to start with the Mad Cat. All right. And I'm just going to start real quick and say... Um, that was a terrible throw. That was a terrible. We got it in Bravo plastic, which is, um, I think, on on uh, a disc sales website that shall not be named, and it's probably from them directly. But we read it on said thing. We should say that uh, this was sent to us by Drew Lusk. So thanks, Drew. So thank you, Drew. I, I, I believe he's a Lone Star sponsored player. He is, um, uh, and also, uh, if we're wrong, this and this is alpha, but based on the description that we've read, that Bravo is more flexy, akin to uh, like Discraft's ESP, right? Flex or whatever. It's more like flex. Yeah, it is. It's 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 very flexy. It's very flexy. It's like G Star, but maybe even a little more flexy than G Star, depending on how long you had it, what it is. Um, I will jump right out and say it is a fun disc. Um, but if you are buying it to be a nine five zero two, it's it's not. Yeah, the, this was probably the biggest thing that we had to do. Like we were like Thunderbird, leg- legitimately like this. triple take. Like numbers say Thunderbird. Um, the flight says this is like a Thunderbird and an FAF Firebird made a baby. Yeah, like a Draco esque. Yeah, <laughs> like- I mean. This thing is very overstable. Very, very overstable. overstable. And I think the nine speed is okay. Um, I the, might go eight, but it's really glide, I guess. So nine's probably fine. Yeah, I think nine is fine. The glide is wrong. The glide is wrong. Uh, the fade is wrong. The fade is wrong, yes. Uh, so The turn's right. The turn Zero. is right. Zero's yeah. right. Zero. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan of like positive turn. Yeah, I don't. No, we this wouldn't. Would pretend it a little bit. But I mean, this thing is pretty beef oh yeah i uh, it, it like it's not quite flare territory no. or like draco no or, or FAF, like or like an said. faf firebird or anything like that but 
it's like their little brother. Like it's almost actually, I want to say it is beefier than like the freshest like uh, we know it's germ yeah. Thunderbird oh, I got yeah, from totally. seventeen. It's 100%, beefier, hundred percent. Yeah, and and a fresh champ. We like know it's beefier than a Sexton Macbeth. Firebird. Yeah, it is. I threw them. We, we back threw to them back. together. So. Um, granted, my seventeen is slightly beefy, but still, uh, it's 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 beefy. Yeah, it's beefy. We I will be totally transparent, and honest. Mm. Um, we tried to throw it on Anheuser a whole bunch. We just weren't successfully throwing it well on Anheuser. Maybe a little bit of Anheuser. Um, not as much as we had planned. Regardless, it fought out and fought out quick. So I think, just like Robin said, I, I would call it more like a three fade. Um, but I also probably would drop down the uh, glide to like three or four. Yeah, I would say I mean I I'll say four just because I want to do right by them. But like I also like maybe I'm just not strong enough for it. Uh, you know, right? True. But for nine, like nine is the wheelhouse where we both. Feel yeah, nine like is confidently nine is, we can throw that speed. Nine, I feel real good about nine speed. And uh, I got no glide out of it. It fought out of everything real quick. Um, good spike hyzer disc and that's why it's more like that three fade too because it also doesn't um have that like nice right to left fade out uh like the um like the the what are we the goat where the goat was overstale but still like up in the air when it was fading would still have a nice like pan out Mm -hmm. this would be like nope i'm gonna go down like not necessarily like flare or OG H1 like straight down but pretty damn close. Yeah, and then on top of that when I tried Anheuser shots with it, it worked out of that hand Anheuser real fast. So fast. Like it, you know, we're not even talking about like let's see a nice S curve here. It was like, oh, I tried to do an S curve, but it it was it was like an, it was like an that, L curve. Thing about the 9 <laughs> is probably right cuz it still got like for as quick as it got out of it, it still pushed forward ish, not as much as I would yeah. want it to. But that's yeah. probably more a product of glide than speed. Yeah, totally. Um, but it, it 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 is beefy. Yeah. So I I mean, it it's for someone that's looking for your Firebird. I mean, this honestly, I saw the numbers. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is a Thunderbird replacement. No, this is a Firebird. This yep. is this is like in that same range when you're looking for that overstable disc you can get great skip shots with and get a lot of of uh of for a you know right-handed shot right to left action or for a forehanded hand shot getting that left to right skip um this disc is is perfect for that yeah um and it was very consistent and yeah 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 just that just go left are yeah. usually pretty I mean, good easily <laughs> consistent one of the easiest discs for us to review disc that goes left <laughs> <laughs> and goes left no matter what you do. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't what I was expecting, which Not made it a little bit more difficult to to be enamored with it. Um, also, I when I get up to that speed level, I am I am understable. Like I I like understable slow discs. When I get up to the high speed range, I can just my noodle arm. I can make it work with just about anything to make a disc go left so 
it was it was hard for me to, to I like overstable, but like the top of my overstable in that range is a sexy bird and this well, is you have beefier. a flare. I do, but that's more utility. Like that's not I'm not like pulling out a nine yeah, speed. Yeah, but I mean this go. is in that category. Flare's a not, nine speed, isn't it? Yeah, but this is this is not as overstable as a flare. No, it's not. Um it's just like in between a sexy bird and a flare, which is like the flare well, we'll get into that later. Yeah, but like once once you realized what you were supposed to do with it, yeah, you started. Then we to started having work. fun. Yeah, then we're like, watch me throw this stupid fucking hyzer with this, yeah. and it's gonna do exactly what yeah. I want. Like it once to. we realized what we were supposed to do with it, it got a lot better. Like but, I'll I'll put it this way: Robin threw an uphill uh, hyzer hole, like an uphill hyzer that we usually throw. Like I throw a pilot or an A three, both on hyzers. Robin threw an A three on hyzer and blew past the basket by. 25 feet yep through this nine speed harder harder trying to blast past the basket and pinned it and pinned it yeah like that's just what it does yeah uh, on essentially the same line just trying to throw harder yep and uh, yeah and uh, for the record i th- it was uphill so it wasn't a great angle so i thought my a3 was pinned so totally I, and it wasn't I honestly thought the opposite for each one. I thought the A three was pinned and that you pushed a little far. Yeah. With the Mad Cat, and it was very so, opposite. It, it was just kind of funny that that uh, play that of what I use to make those shots and the overstability, and realizing that when it's that overstable, the speed doesn't matter <laughs> for yeah. me personally. It, you know. It was, uh, which makes it fun. And that's kind of like a lot of times that I throw something super overstable is like, I'm like more so in the world of like, Oh, I know I'm not going to go long. Yeah. I yeah. know. I know I can just like juice it. Like that the same way we talk about the Berg. Like that's the kind of same thing too, of like, <clears throat> let me just crank this hard and, uh, we'll be all right. Well that, and like on a pre on the shot right before that, when I threw it, um, I mean, I got it to skip a hundred and, 10 feet to the left. Yeah. You know, like granted the ground, that's was, not where the basket was. But. <laughs> that's not where the basket was. I wasn't trying to do that, but like, that's the kind of thing. Like we were trying to figure out what the heck to do with it. And it's like, well, that's what you're supposed to do with it. Yeah. You're supposed to put it out wide and skip it, you know, way off to the left. So and, for right handed thrower again, and sorry, plastic sorry, felt, lefties. Plastic felt super good. I feel like although we enjoyed the mockingbirds, they did have like some weird flashing stuff. This does not have that. No. Um, I do feel like the nose of the disc almost has like a micro bead. It almost does, yeah. Um, but you know, when I was throwing a Thunderbird, not as drastic, but the Thunderbird has even like a yeah, tiny bit too that does. I didn't even think about. Um, but it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a fun disc. Like it, um, it's just ultra beef. Yeah, it definitely was not one that I was like, this shit's dumb. Like, why does this exist? Like, it, 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 there was a lot of fun things to do with it. And yeah, like Robin said, once we realized really what it was and stopped trying to make it something it's not, uh, it was way more fun and we threw it a lot better. Honestly, our preconceived notions of what a disc should be are a huge problem when it comes to reviewing yeah. in the field. Like, if I look at the numbers and I think it's something and it doesn't do what I perceive those numbers to be, it, that sets things off on a weird foot and totally. you're trying to figure out what's going on. And like, am I screwing this up? Totally. Like, am I having a bad day? But we threw this enough and we're like, nope, this is, this is just what this thing is. Same thing with the goat. Last time I looked yeah. at numbers. And I was like, Ooh, so that's trespass numbers. What, and I was like, nope. what are your numbers for this disc? 
Um, I'll, I will stick with the, the, the nine. Okay. Um, I'll probably go nine, four, zero, three. I think that's, I think that's pretty good. I think nine, four, zero, three. So the, the other one that we started as long comparing as I can't it to do decimals. We, yeah, I would go three five probably. Glad yeah. that's where my head was, but I'm like, I don't like decimals. Like they are silly to me. That's what I was thinking. I almost, I almost, I might even go like nine three point five zero three point five. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like yeah, okay. I hate decimals, but that actually probably makes sense because like a four for either fade or glide is too much. Yeah, for um, sure. Like I, I don't know, I don't know what glide is. But I did not see glide. No, no. Uh, you know, and we started talking about, like, starting comparing it. Instead of Firebird, we started talking PD. But PDs have more glide, too. Oh, yeah. No, I can throw a PD farther. Like, it's a less glidey PD. Yeah. Which, Good. that might be something someone no, loves it's, and it's, wants and it's needs. It's somewhere in the range of a, a... Somewhere in the Firebird world. In there. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk beer. And then all we right. can kind of wrap up. Western Mutant IPA by Oscar Blues, 7% alcohol IPA. Um, this is kind of like an old school IPA. It is not crazy hoppy. It's not. Well, did you they they've they got crazy hops from like around the world. They're trying to like trace the roots of So it says uh Nelson Savin, Akoya, Saffir, and Simcoe is what it says. So uh I know Simcoe, obviously. Now Nelson Savin, I don't know that that's just straight Nelson. I feel like that must, like, no, it's got it says New Zealand. Yeah, so New different. Zealand, Germany, Germany, Pacific Northwest, Simcoe, where we're at that we know well. Um, but this is like it doesn't have the crazy bitter flavor. Mm-mm. It's like got a, like a little bit of creaminess. Um, you know, it, it's it's nice and smooth, and it has that soft finish. But yeah, I mean that's Oscar Blues style. You know they don't have a lot of beers where they are really heavy on the IBUs. You know it has more IBUs than this though. Hmm. Dale's Pale. Oh, of course, yeah. Like their Pale Ale has more. Yeah. Than this. Yeah. Um, I mean, but everything they do is really good. Like it's nice and clean. It's fun. I think what Robin's saying. It's um, yeah. It's not over the top hops. I feel like it's probably a hop profile like. Simcoe is West Coast, but all the other stuff, not that they negate each other, but it's kind of in the middle. It's not that weird, uh, not weird. I, I take that back. Sorry, uh, Michigan and whatnot. It's not weird. But the dank type hops aren't really there, but yeah, the, also no, the super not. bright, piney West Coast aren't there. This it's is kind more of like, neutral. I would say like, like it's doesn't have a heavy finish, but... Like kind of grapefruity, um, like it does have like a like a dry citrusy initial flavor to it. Cl- close your eyes and take a sip, and I'm gonna open one more because I just finished. Why one. do I have to close my because, eyes? Because I'm gonna tell you a beer, and I want you to like. Do I really have to close my eyes? You're not you gonna really. like do something weird, really. right? I'm all f- too far away. Okay, well, yeah, but does it taste like balls? Depends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm close. I'm closing my eyes. Think. Uh, Sierra Nevada, like a pale ale. No, 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 no. Right. This is this uh, this is uh just like you would say with with Sierra Nevada, where you're like, I can tell this is Sierra Nevada beer. I can tell this is an Oscar Blues beer. It is, but it's like um, it's like a tame. It's like a tamer. It's Dales. very very tame. It's like grapefruit and melon and like just. It's a little bit dry. It it's, yeah. 
It's yep. a little bit hazed, maybe. I don't know. Mm. I haven't poured it in a glass. Yeah, neither have I. I, I don't know. But I, I mean, I, I guess with that flavor profile, that, that would make sense. Um, but yeah, it's. But what I will say, though, is for like it to be. It maybe s- it's creamy, too. For like it to be 7%. That is a sneaky. Oh, these are, these are these are for sure like in the wheelhouse. They're they're nicely done. Like I love a Dale's. I think still Dale's is six two or you, something. You could smash this thinking you're drinking a pilsner. Yeah, yeah, it's well done. Like it's, a, I, I would say, like like grapefruit. That might be that creaminess, like a mama's little yellow pills, actually, with Oscar yeah. Blues. Like like grapefruit, melon. A little bit of hot flavor and like a creamy dry finish, and that's 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 what this beer is, in my opinion. Yeah, there's just no there's no big harsh anywhere. No, 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 extremely um, smooth. Yeah, you could just you could put it down, put yeah. it down real easy. Um, and you can buy in six packs of cans in California. So well, it's from Oscar Blues, Colorado, obviously. So hopefully, this is another beer that. Um, the majority of our listeners can locate and, yeah. and be able to share the experience. So, uh, you know, get after it. Find, no, so get I'll, yourself I, some Western meat. And I'll IPA. drink. I'll drink a whole bunch of this beer. Yes. Um, going to the disc. It's just in such a weird little slot. There's just not a reason for me to like. Yeah. It's it's like, like the so we already talked about the flare is already an ultra utility disc for me. Like this is like ultra extra utility that just doesn't make sense for my bag with that said and we say this probably far too often um if i were to go somewhere and didn't have discs and pick this up to be my like firebird like you said or flare type replacement to just be that ultra brief that i don't need to worry about yeah easy pick it up and go yep out of the box go thousand percent yeah, uh, I, I'm in the same boat. Way too overstable for me. I do not bag anything remotely this overstable. Like, the most overstable disc in my bag is probably the Buzz OS. And I, I can't remember the last time I even threw it. I am I didn't even realize you still had it in your bag. Yeah, so um, I just, I don't bag a lot of overstable do you stuff. Have, do you have that, like... Um... Nope. No. That Firebird? No. That glow firebird? No, no, no. It's not about. Do you have one of those? I forget what the specific. The do you have a Spectrum seven hundred and fifty in your bag still? No. A three? No. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just have because that thing's fucking. Yeah. No. The, the my Buzz OS definitely way more. Um, I just don't it, at that speed range. I do not throw over stable plastic. I when I get to nine speed, I am throwing. At least with the Buzz OS, you can force an Anheuser for a minute. This yeah. doesn't care. Yeah. I'm throwing neutral. Uh, you know that's that's my deal at that point but i i did enjoy it and it it did result in some fun shots and i can see the value in it and for people that are going to throw lone star uh plastic i mean this is your firebird yeah Yeah. make no mistake mistake this is a firebird well and there's cats out there too like i think there's someone uh in our slack group that was like I'm just trying to throw only Texas. I mint this. Get this. This is your firebird. Star, yeah. This is the best. Because mint, mint don't have this. This is the best Texas firebird. Yeah. It is. Agreed. Easily. So, um, yeah, I, I'm out on the disc. The beer, 100%. This is fantastic. Yeah. I'm I'm super down. Very clean. I don't love beers that, that have the dry 
finish to them, but it's not a deal breaker. It's not super dry, but it's true. So, um, you know, but when you get that grapefruity citrus flavor, you kind of expect that to come when you get that, that dry kind of, you know, tonguey finish. But uh, I, I'm still all in. 7%, wonderful smooth smooth flavor. Oh, yeah. We'll, you we'll can drink solve again. the dry mouth with another sip. Yep, we'll drink again. Uh, yeah, so I'm the same way. Like I said, uh, disc, disc is cool. Like I've been, I mean, I think we've only thrown two so far, but I've been impressed with Lone Star Discs. Like the uh, Mockingbird and now this are both been much more quality than I thought they would be. Also, it's Lone Star Disc. Did you know that? Oh, I've been I've been calling it Lone Lone Star Discs the entire time, but it's printed on the disc, and I checked yeah. other sources. It's Lone Star Disc. All right, I apologize, Lone Star Disc. Yeah, but yeah, so Lone I think Star... you've made a bad choice, but I right. apologize. Right. Well, I was speaking as though it's their disc, so it was like an apostrophe s. Yeah. When I say Lone Star Discs, exactly. Uh, Mad for- Cat, you're forcing us. To- they own the Mad Cat because they right. Yeah, you're forcing us to add that. Yeah. Yeah. To. <laughs> it just makes me think about Zane. He ca- calls like everything my discus. My discus. My Zane discus. Is my youngest. Son. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dad, where's my discus? <laughs> Uh, anyway, you're, you're forcing us to do this. Lone yeah, star. yeah. Come on, Lone Star. Lone star. Is it just a dude? Is just just a dude who does like? <laughs> yeah. I'm Lone Star. This is my disc <laughs> company. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so so we're at we're at fifty percent. Um, gosh, which I feel like is the amount of Eagles good putts that actually stayed in the basket. Oh yeah, he got burned. It was brutal. It was final brutal. round anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's a rough rating, but yeah. It's true. It's not his fault. He it's not like his fault. The rainmakers. Dude, I meant to say it when we were talking about it and I'll say it just to wrap up. The, how many 370 to 400 foot throws was he just like I'm just going to pump a putter at it. <laughs> I'm just going to pump this two-speed Rainmaker like yeah, yeah. 380 to the yeah, basket. Yeah. And he was out of sorts. Like a clean eagle is throwing a 400-foot. Uh-huh. And, and here's the thing. Paul, yes, Paul did it with Lunas first, but he was doing like premium plastic Lunas. I'm talking like yeah. DX plastic yeah. Rainmaker. Like run over it in the parking lot. Still. Like reach back, no, no X-step almost. Like yeah. let me pop a... Uh, baseline two-speed putter 400 feet yeah on a on a pipe yeah ridiculous ridiculous all right that's all we got for you in this episode of the disc golf podcast be sure to check out our slack group you can find it on our website throw stuff at stuff.com there's a join slack link in the main navigation you'll find the best disc golf community you've ever been a part of in your entire life just check it out it'll be fun after that patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast if you love our show you will absolutely enjoy our pre-shows we do them before every single episode and they are a mix between you know just just in-depth looks into our personal lives and absolutely ridiculously perverted nonsense we're probably getting close to 200 pre-shows i think so so if you burn through our episodes 
and you're looking for for more of that content and you're you're looking for it to be a little more spicy hit it up patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast you will find what you're looking for we will give it to you it's there for you x gonna give it to you x gonna give it to you check it out in the meantime get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff this is a song for the aceless but those with aces listen closely you don't always have to huck it hard in fact sometimes that's not right to do sometimes you got to lay it up and fucking not run an ace or two sometimes you got to ease if you want to put the d's and the b's sometimes you got to say hey I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it smoothly I'm gonna toss it so sweetly And then you say, hey, I hit some metal And then you say, wait a minute, Robin Think I'm starting to get it now Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me It's not a trespass But I guess it works for you What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA So let's go to the bar And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly then I'll fucking hug it softly And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly But then I'm gonna hug